Asia's going to penetrate in, forces up a shot, no good, gets a rebound, puts it back in, and one for Asia Wilson. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Aces is Asia Wilson. Asia, how are you this morning? Hi, Asia. Hi, I'm doing well. Uh, so I do want to start uh, with the Olympics. What was it like for you when you find out that you are going to be on the Olympic team for this summer? <laughs> well, it was actually pretty funny. I was driving and uh, Carol, someone that's over USA Basketball, was calling me. And I knew, you know, around the time I was like, uh-oh, this either means I made it or I didn't. So I got to <laughs> figure this out. So I pulled over. I actually pulled over because I'm like, I don't even want to drive and get this answer. <laughs> um, and she told me, and I just instantly just started like just It was just gleaming. I was just glowing because, uh, I mean, I was just so overwhelmed and just so happy. Would you have been a worse driver if the answer was yes or if the answer was no? <laughs> um, Probably <laughs> yes, because I would be too excited. If it was no, I will be probably like a speed racer trying to get home. <laughs> I mean, Asia, you knew this was coming, and I'm sure, you know, in, inside you, you wanted it and you're somewhat confident. I want to ask you, though, there's been millions of stories written about going to Tokyo with COVID, all this. Is there any trepidation on your part of going, or are you completely all in and you know you'll be safe? Um, I think I'm going to be safe. Uh, I, I am vaccinated, so uh, I feel like that's a good protection in itself. And uh, when it comes to USA basketball, uh, I feel like we've expressed to them that our health is the number one uh, thing that we need to focus on uh, so we can be healthy to win a gold medal. But uh, I, I am truly uh Think that we're going to be in a good situation i'm pro probably sure we're going to be back in a bubble uh but i'm feeling comfortable as of right now just going over there so chelsea gray is going to join you on the olympic team but also your other teammate kelsey plum is going to be on the three-on-three -three team in the olympics yep. i'm curious kelsey plum leaves for a little bit to go qualify for the olympics in three-on-three -three. how much does she talk about the three-on-three -three olympic team in practice um she doesn't really talk about oh, it a lot darn it <laughs> does she even switch gears to five on five because I feel like three on three is the perfect game for KP. Uh, she's lightning speed, quick, uh, high energy all the time, and that's three on three basketball. So uh, I was, at, but she's a professional athlete, so I wasn't too too surprised that she knew how to switch it back to five on five. That stinks. Like I wanted after practice, everyone to go. You want to play pickup? And she goes, No, only threes. <laughs> like we're only playing threes. <laughs> a, a match up. Let's go. I was I was hoping she would be showing some three on three highlights to Lambeer, saying, yes. "All right, let's let, let's we're do allowed this. to shoot three pointers, Bill." <laughs> right, right. I don't know if she'll win that battle though, Bill. No, she won't. There. So uh, another thing that I did want to ask you, because one of our favorite parts about Golden Knights games is seeing who cranks the siren and who does it the best. How was your experience cranking the siren before a Golden Knights playoff game? I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we're undefeated every single time I crank the siren. So I feel as if my, I have a lucky wrist that is uh, all into the siren. And it was, it's just a lot of fun. Like, the energy that's created behind that noise is incredible. All right. I, I Please, even if this is not true, I really need you to say it is true. You love and have uh, social media uh, devoted to your dog's ace. And the other dog, can you please tell me that your other dog, which is named Deuce, is named after Deuce Gruden, oh, the son of John Gruden? Please tell me. That. 
I mean, if you think that, <laughs> you can say that. Okay. <laughs> right, I am officially saying Deuce Gruden, the power lifter, is why you named your dog Deuce. How do you work Deuce Gruden into so many parts of this show? It's incredible. He's got nothing to do with this. Um, okay. Asia with the Aces this year. I, I'm curious, like, sort of mindset-wise with this team, because two years ago, you guys lose in the semifinals. Last year, you guys lose in the finals. So... When you guys are approaching this season, obviously you guys are title contenders. You have been for a few years now. Is that something you guys sort of view the entire season as like even this early in the regular season of, Oh, this is about winning the title. Or is that something you guys is like back of the mind when you get to the playoffs, then it'll be more of a concern. Uh, it's definitely when we get to the playoffs, there'll be more of a concern. I think right now we're still even just trying to just learn each other and build that chemistry that we need this early on. Uh, but my biggest thing going into this season is just making sure that I'm better than I was last year. And I think that kind of shows uh, proof is in the pudding as we get around this time every year. And uh, I just hope to bring that to my teammates. But right now our mindset is just competing against uh, ourselves and not just necessarily the, the opponent. I mean, when you're this good a team and, you know, everyone appears to still be chasing the champion, uh, I know you played him earlier in the season, like how much motivation does that one team give you that we have to prove we're better than Seattle? I mean, it's it, of course it gives you motivation because it's the defending champs, but at the same time, like our team, all of, all of our league looks so different from the bubble, like completely different. So every team is just motivating because the team that might that maybe wasn't the best you know, in the bubble is like a super team now, uh, like a Washington or some, or, or even still Seattle. So uh, every team is pretty elite, and we have to kind of keep our head on straight no matter what. How weird has the scheduling been this year? Because you guys are in the middle of like what, like an eight day break or something like that for the for like the second yeah. time in a month. Yeah, it is. It, it's different. I'm so sorry. That is oh, no, deuce. Like oh, there the it is. Is it Deuce? Is it oh. Deuce barking? We Please. Love the dogs. Yes. He is upset at me. I had to put a collar on him today. Ah. He's just like, Mom, no way. I'm being taken somewhere. Oh, but um, I'm so sorry. What was your question? <laughs> I don't remember. It doesn't really more, matter because I'm Deuce is barking. So we're all excited yeah. about that. The dog. Where, where, where is Deuce going today? This is more important. <laughs> Deuce is going to the park in air quotations, but he's really going to the vet. Oh, <laughs> telling Deuce a fib. Oh, oh that poor dog. Poor Deuce. Oh, yes. man. <laughs> Okay, yes, so he is upset with me. <laughs> I, I did want to ask you, Asia, you played for Don Staley at South Carolina. She has interviewed for the Portland Trailblazers job. What what would you think about Don Staley becoming an NBA head coach? I mean, that would be so dope for her. Like Coach Staley has, has just shattered the glass ceiling. Uh and it's crazy that I'm it was a player underneath her and now I get to play alongside of her in USA. But that would be so like so dope because, you know, for me, it's like representation matters. If you see her, you can be her. And I feel like, why not? If it's available and if it's on the table and you have a shot, at least show it energy. At least go after it. Um, and if you don't like it, always go back. So she's always pushing the envelope, and I can really appreciate that. And I like I was kidding around and, and texted her. I was like, oh, so we're going to Portland now? And she just starts <laughs> laughing So because she knows wherever she goes, I'm going to go too no matter what. So, um yeah, it was. It, it's definitely a big deal for her, and I'm just super proud of her. Well, and uh, I mean, just for the forward thinking, uh, let's say it's not her, but Becky Hammond would get a job like that. How just how important is it at that level in that league that they finally have a woman head coach? It, I mean, it just would be so powerful, and it's crazy that it took this long to make it happen. But I feel like this is the year of empowering women, empowering women, 
and people are really behind that. And I think with Becky, her basketball IQ is just incredible. Uh, you know, she, you see her, what she's done with the Spurs in their summer league and also games when Pop got kicked out, I think, or wasn't coaching. Uh, so it's just, you know, she's proven herself. And I think that would just be a, a great opportunity for her and also women. Who's, uh, who's your teammate right now that you would say, oh, yeah, she'll be a coach in the future? Oh, Chelsea Gray, 100%. Chelsea Gray is going to be a coach. Um, through and through. Like, I don't know if she's that's even on her radar, but I'm, like, telling her she needs to be a coach. <laughs> did, did you ever look over to the front row the first two years and say, that guy's going to be our owner one day? Oh, um, uh, not at all. Like, it's just crazy. Like, because I don't know football that well, but I, like, everyone's just like, oh, that's the owner of the Raiders. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is a big deal. Like, is he a season ticket holder? Like, what's going on here? And, I mean, you know, you have, like, your – Flavor Flaves, and you got like all the biggest people, and then you look, and you have Mark Davis literally sitting front row. Uh, so it's huge. And then when he kind of talked to me about being the owner, I was so like amped and pumped because I'm like, wow, like this is a big deal for our sport, for our city, and our game. So oh. it, it's pretty cool. Okay, so I got to ask you this: Did you know at the point that you were with him at the Chargers game in LA that he was going to be your owner, or was that the time he sat down and said, "What do you think"? That, that was the time that uh, he sat down and asked me uh, what did I think. I thought he was just, you know, like we've just built a, a relationship over the years, like a bond of just like, oh, yes, like you come to our games. You know, it was just something. But I didn't think that that was going to be the question, like the big question. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty cool to kind of go there and talk with him. I wish I knew what was going on on the field, but I know we got to win. <laughs> so that's all that matters. <laughs> Uh, all right, Asia, one of the things that uh, the Aces like to tweet out are the half-court shots that you guys have with some money <laughs> on the line. Does anybody have a big spreadsheet as to who has made the most shots and collected the most money from those half-court shots? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we know who's never made a shot, and that's Liz. I, think, I can't remember Liz ever making a half-court shot. I think we and then KP like just started recently making them, so I think we go backwards. Like we know who hasn't made it, and we're like, all right, because if no one makes it, then we know that we get another shot at it. So when people like when Liz starts going up to the line, we're like, all right, we're getting another chance, guys. The money's still on the table. Does Lambeer completely boycott it, de- uh, demanding it instead be a mid-range jumper? <laughs> yeah, no, he's definitely not doing that. He knows he'll lose so much money if he did that. <laughs> well, she is Asia Wilson with the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, we hope Deuce has a good vet appointment, yes. Asia. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Have a nice trip Thank to the you. park. Thanks. Thank you. See Thank you so much. Thanks, poor Deuce. Oh, what a disaster. The poor things he's going to the park. I can't believe you. Uh, I can't believe you. a great you. question. You worked in a spreadsheet reference, a and he works in Deuce. I, I got to give it. Willie credit. He was texting me. Her her dog's name's no, Deuce. Willie. Yes, yes, Willie, oh. yes. Willie even said <laughs> Deuce is notorious barker during interviews. Maybe this Deuce just doesn't like her doing interviews. Maybe that's what it is. You gotta, you gotta be happy that the dog's name is Deuce. The other one's Ace, okay, but Deuce. I mean, come Can't on. Believe it. It's because yeah. it's Ace and Deuce. It's they go together. I said it was Deuce Gruden. The the owner owns the team now. Maybe she's uh, I like that name of the uh, coach's son. <laughs> it's great. Brutal. She enjoyed it. It's brutal. <laughs>
can't believe Will it. we finally get Deuce screwed on? <laughs> no. In fact, at this point, we don't want him on because it's the myth of Deuce. Once the you have someone on, well, oh, once you have boy. someone on, you're like, eh, he's a real person. So what you're saying. We have to ask real questions. Like, you kind of want it never to happen, but always to request it. I know you requested it yesterday. I want them never to respond to that because they, we'll tr- never tr- have. Tr- well, tr- trust me. They, they won't. won't. Respond. <laughs> They'll never respond to it. We're, we can't even get the long snapper. But no, you want uh, Deuce to be out there. Re- yeah. You, want, you know where you want Deuce? You want Deuce with Chandler Stevenson on the horizon. On never the really horizon. be able to get Deuce, but out on the horizon. Just a, re- just a, just a, just a massive dude <laughs> yeah. on the horizon. Just make out a silhouette. Yes, exactly. Of him, a, like, a rectangle. Yeah. Doing the bench press on the horizon. The myth of Deuce. Uh, Unreal. All right, coming up next. <laughs> Tim Neverett's going to join the show. He wrote a book about the Dodgers winning a World Series title during COVID. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Tim Neverett. This play-by-play for the Dodgers. Also wrote COVID Curveball inside view of the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers World Championship season comes out August 31st of this year. Important question. Does it count? 60-game season? Absolutely it counts. (laughs) I'll tell you, from from somebody who went through it, it it was harder I thought to go through that 60-game season than it is a regular 162-game season. And uh, this year's maybe an exception because there are still protocols in place, but I do think that it was difficult. The players had Hard times doing it because, you know, personally, a lot of them had to be separated from family, Uh, you know, players, coaches, broadcasters, you know, myself included, and I had to live by myself. Um, And uh, I went to the ballpark. I went to the grocery store. I went to the pharmacy. And that was it for the entire season. So we had to, you know, curb how you lived, how you got food, how you did all these things. So there was a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know. It wasn't just like, hey, there's a baseball game on. Great, I'm going to watch it. And uh, no, a lot, of, a lot of stuff went into it behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, I take you inside the, the booth, both the TV and radio booths too, to see how different that was to do games and how it still is right now because we're still not traveling with the team. And it's very, very strange. But um, we're getting there. We're getting closer. But it was, uh, you know, it just the, the book takes you inside the season and, and chronicles every day. I wrote it in real time. I just had an idea one day. I said, uh, you know, during the quarantine, I was thinking, you know, what happens if we don't have a season? Or what happens if I don't get too many games? Which was the case because of the way the schedule was. I didn't have as many games as I'm accustomed to. What am I going to do? So I said, I said I'm going to write every day. And so I wrote down what happened each day and, and kind of did it in journal form. And some of the stories that came out of it, and then I've got some of my other stories that were relevant uh, from baseball past, uh, kind of compiled into a book. And so people are saying, you should make a book out of it. And so we went through the whole process and ended up with a publisher. And um, it's an interesting process to do a book, especially when you've never done one before. But uh, there's uh, the people that I've had review it already, uh, they've been pretty excited about it because, you know, Oral Hershiser does the forward, and he does one of the most in-depth forwards. The publisher told me, that he said, this is the most in-depth forward we've ever seen. And he takes us inside his mind and what was happening in 1988 when he was ready to get the last out against the A's in the World Series. And then he bridges that to 2020. So it, it, and it goes on from there. But there's just uh, there's a lot to it, a lot of stories. 
like when the Houston Astros came to town, it really got weird. Um, and it's going to get weird again in August when they yeah. come back and there's 50,000 fans there. Uh, but when there was nobody there, I couldn't believe the amount of security that the Astros required with an empty stadium. Imagine what it's going to require with a full stadium. So just a, a ton of good stories, uh, a ton of interesting things that people just had no idea about that went on behind the scenes. Uh, full disclosure, I might like the team. Uh, was <laughs> there <heard> was <laughs> there anyone, because for me it was Kershaw, that you felt best for? Kershaw, I think, first and foremost, because he'd been through the wars. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'd been through the wars. He had been uh, so close in the past. And I think when you look at 2017, the fact that nobody swung at a breaking ball uh, because they knew what was coming, it, it wasn't a fair game for him. Now he had a fair chance and a fair shot, and he had a good postseason. And I thought, you know, for Kershaw, it was just – it was finally – you know, the monkey off his back, so to speak, because he didn't want to be like the Dan Marino of baseball. You know, hey, Hall of Fame player, great player, never won a Super Bowl. He didn't want that on his plaque. You know, great player, never won a World Series. But now he's he's done that. I mean, he's got the Cy Young. He's got the MVP. He's got all the accolades, the Triple Crown. He's You know, and, and now he's got a World Series ring to go with it. So I agree with you. I think that it was uh, Kershaw, I think the guy I felt happiest for. What was the first part? of last season like when we had like multiple teams Marlins Cardinals that were just they were just out for like a month almost and yeah. it, and a lot of people were like is baseball going to make it through they did eventually but what was that first part of the yeah, season like? I had the same thought I mean and here you know I am going to the ballpark every day getting tested every week to 10 week sometimes it was 10 days but sometimes it was a week the players were every other day because they were in close quarters we were separate we were kind of separate. They made us stay apart from each other as much as we could. So the weird thing is, is when we started hearing about the Marlins, you're saying, oh boy, this thing could get epidemic. And you're saying, okay, it's still across the country. It's in the East Coast. Then the Cardinals got a, a bunch of bad cases. And now you're going, oh boy, it's heading west. And then the A's got one and the Padres got one. And you're saying, it's just a matter of time. It was simply a matter of time. And I would go to the park every day saying, all right, is this the last day? Is this the last? Are they going to bang this thing tomorrow? What's going to happen? And each day it was difficult. You know, normally during a regular season, you go to the park every day, you get into the routine, you know there's going to be a game. You know, you know, especially at Dodger Stadium, they don't even keep a tarp on the field. There's no threat of rain. You know there's going to be a game. Uh, in this past season, you didn't know that. You just didn't know, especially when they were on the road. And when they came back from a road trip, you're keeping your fingers crossed that nobody picked up something on the way. And fortunately, during the regular season, nobody did until Game 6 of the World Series. And uh, just some background on that, Justin Turner uh, had to come out of the ballgame. This, this, to me, is, was the microcosm of the 2020 baseball season. Blake Snell, who's pitching tonight for the Padres against the Dodgers, was pitching for the Rays in Game 6. Pitching a great game. Dodgers couldn't hit him. But due to analytics in Rays baseball, they took him out. A guy who is dominating on the mound does not last as long in a World Series game as a guy playing third base with COVID-19. That was the microcosm to me of the 2020 baseball season. But the other thing about Justin Turner is that during the season, he was the guy who spearheaded the Dodgers' health and safety extra protocols. So Major League Baseball had put out all these protocols – and Justin had texted us up in the booth and said, hey, you know, can you let everybody know we're going above and beyond and here's what we're doing. So 
he was kind of the spearhead and the COVID cop, I guess you'd, you'd say. And he and his wife were, were really saying, let's stay healthy. Let's do all this. Let's follow all the rules. And it was just so ironic that he was the guy who he, he was asymptomatic, but he was the guy who had a positive test. And uh, to me, that's just weird. He doesn't know how he got it. And it'll be a mystery. How do you think this will all play off? It started last night. Jacob DeGrom was the first one. They're going to test. They're going to che- uh, check everyone, the hat, the belt, mm-hmm. everything now. How in your mind will this play out? How, I mean, is it going to be an overwhelming amount of people caught? It will be a few amount of people caught. How do you think this plays out? I don't think it's going to be too many people caught now because they got the warning ahead of time, and we've seen the spin rates fall in the last two weeks. Right. Uh, last night I was at the Aviators game, and I watched the umpires there check the pitchers in between innings. That's the first time I had seen it. Well, they haven't seen the scores of those games then because they wouldn't check anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every night it's, well, not just, yeah, every night yeah. it's like 20 to 17. Like, yeah. I don't think it's spinning very well. Well, when, when I was doing the games out there years ago, we'd, we'd call it a coast league classic. Now it's a triple-A it's a West classic. Yes. But They scored 11 runs in an inning of a game. Oh, lost. <laughs> no one's spinning. Lost. <laughs> well, hey, that's baseball, man. I mean, anything can happen. <laughs> Well, I mean, the wind's blowing out about 55 miles an hour last night to right. Anything that, I mean, I mean, I could have hit a, a fungal pop-up to first and it would have gone out. But uh, that was the way it was last night. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was fun to watch. But, you don't uh, think we'll, there'll be some daily occurrence like, oh, we got you. No, you know, because they already have uh, scouting reports on who's doing what right. and, and how they were doing it. So pitchers who they suspected have already been scouted by people hired to do this by Major League Baseball in a somewhat clandestine manner. So there have been people at games already, you know, saying Watching. This, this guy does stuff on his belt. This guy gets it from the third baseman. This guy gets it from the catcher. This guy gets it. He's got it inside his glove. Uh, so they know who's who and who to watch before games. There's more of a, there's literally a scouting report for the umpires already. Really? So yes. And the players now are aware of it. So I think there's going to be less instances of people getting caught. And if they are, and Trevor Bauer held court with us the other day at Dodger Stadium, he brought up a good point. He goes, what happens if I give like some, a batter a high five and he's got pine tar on his hands from hitting? And I go out there and they check my hand and, and there's a little remnant of pine tar and it's not mine. And he says, what, you know, it, what do we do then? There's no recourse. I got to take 10 games? No high fives. No high fives. So they've <laughs> got to be really careful. And, you know, there's going to be, uh, I guess, a false positive somewhere if you want to use that. Well, I hope that the Dodgers don't put anything on their helmets because they tap those things a lot. They do. Well, <laughs> well, Kike Hernandez was the worst at that, right? And they tried to get him to get him to stop doing that because he'd get a new helmet and he would just bathe it in pine tar and put it on so it was 10 pounds heavier. I don't know. I don't know why he did it. But do you think we'll see a noticeable difference offensively? Like the the, uh, the batting average has already started to go up a little bit. But do you think we'll see a noticeable difference where the league average is closer to two fifty rather than two thirty five? I hope so. I do think the shifts have something to do with that uh, as well. The shifts have kept batting averages uh, down a little bit too. But I, I do think we'll see batting averages go up in the second half of the season. Um, not where they used to be. Because, you know, basically the hit and runs out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're a Padre, you're not stealing bases that much. I mean, they run. they run, Which is amazing. They run on abandoned. Yeah, I mean, they, they think they're in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing yeah. uh, what they're doing. And, uh, I mean, I like that style of play. Mm-hmm. I wish more teams would employ that style of play. But, um, but and it's fun. It's fun to watch. But uh, we're still we're seeing the stolen base here and there. But we're just not seeing, you know, the hit and run. Uh I've seen some bunts, though. I've seen more safety squeezes this year. 
what are you what are you doing? I'm big on the bunt. I like moving. I like moving players old school. Move them over. I like it too. You know, hey, I I I grew up in the National League, right? All my jobs in the minor leagues. Uh, and in the major leagues, with the exception of one, we're in the National League. And, and when I went to Boston for three years, my first year with the Red Sox, I'm I'm shaking my head watching games, going, "This is not the same game. Not even close. Better? No, I I, I, I don't know. I I don't know. But we're going to. I think next year, as soon as the collective bargaining agreement gets uh, gets handled, and we hope it gets handled on time, um, I, I think the days of pitchers hitting are going to be done uh, because the players want it. And I think they're going to get it. I think there's a number of owners, including num- a number of them in the National League, that want to be done with pitchers hitting. But I'm with Ed, though. I like the old school baseball. Uh, I, I like the bunt. I like the sacrifice. Yes. I, I like the uh, the safety squeezes. I've seen more of those this year than in a while. I was screaming the other day, like, well, I usually do during every game. First and second, nobody. I wanted Taylor to move them, not play for the big inning. Now, little did I know the Diamondbacks were to score like six and like come yeah. within one, but I'm screaming, just move them. Don't yeah. play for the big inning. Well, you know why they scored <laughs> They scored that many runs in that inning was because our pitcher forgot to cover first base. Yes. Yes. So Pujols field didn't look for him and he wasn't like, there. It's like, where are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah because it, he took a, you know, it was a left-handed pitcher. Well, yes. You know, Victor Gonzalez. And believe me, he got the word. He knows. He got the word. <laughs> he knows. So you should butt more because pitchers don't remember to yes. cover first base. <laughs> I'm telling you what, there are guys that forget. They're, I mean, I've seen guys just completely, completely have a brain cramp out there. And uh, it's the one, th- it's like the first day of spring training, what you work on. Getting off the you know, PFPs, you know, pitchers fielding practice, covering first base, get over there. And they do it over and over and over. And then during the course of the season, during early work in the afternoon, you get to the ballpark at 2.30 in the afternoon, you see these guys out there doing it. Um, they don't do it every day, but they have these reminder sessions throughout the course of the season. And uh, if you're a pitcher, the very first thing you do when you release the ball, if it's put in play, is you look to first base. you you gotta, you got to see where the ball's hit, and then you got to go run. <laughs> you got to get to the bag just in case. Well, he is Tim Never. He wrote COVID Curveball, Inside View of the 2020 L.A. Dodgers World Championship Season. Again, it comes out August 31st. Uh, Tim, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for stopping by. Thank you very Darn much. Right. I'll let you know we may have a, a book event here in September in, in Vegas, oh, yeah. and then I'm um, doing a two-day one in, at the All-Star Game in Denver. Awesome. Awesome. So. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Tim. Thanks, we appreciate guys. It. Appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Mr. Remix. You know what, I'll be honest with you, the play at the end of the third period was, had zero to do with the decision. You know, I, I just, I think during that 30-something days, the, the last month of hockey that Flowers played, I think we've had uh, only two days, two two situations where we've had more than a day off of rest. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Knowing Lenny, knowing, knowing how hard he's worked, knowing the goalie he is, you know, the gamble to play him, uh, having not played a lot uh, lately was, you know, no bigger than, than the gamble of, of playing a fatigued goalie, uh, you know, with no no rest really on the horizon. Hey, Pete. Um, you know, they say the series doesn't really get started until the road team wins a game, right? Bishy, bishy. Oh, it was great. You know, uh, not many people know, you know, I come to the game four hours early every I get up my own bus, come four hours early. I sat for two hours and watch you guys talk on Twitter on me, you know, to get me motivated. And, uh, um, you know, it was great, you know, just to see all what you got. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. 
I just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I gotta say, Golden Knights playoff runs, they give us some incredible sound. Because we've got Robin Leonard talking about showing up to read people talk and bleep about him on Twitter. But like, you go back to 2019 when they played the Sharks. Gerard Gallant called Pete DeBoer a yeah. clown. All like, the memes of Pete DeBoer, that big yeah, nose. On and <laughs> like, we had uh, Ryan Reeves calling uh, Joe Thornton an old man who yeah. he was surprised he could see from the press box. Yeah. Like, that was one of the greatest series of all time, and it happened in the first round. Who came up with the Muffin Man? Sharks fans? You know, for that clown to say that to people yesterday, it's not right. <laughs> I think the Sharks, that was that whole, the Sharks, the Sharks series alone, those first couple Kane? years were awesome. Was it Evander Kane that called him the Muffin Man? It was, yeah, it was the Sharks. It was the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, series then, was unbelievable. Yeah. Was that, no, it was, it was the very first game back that they started the pay your markers <laughs> yeah and you know pay yeah. your markers because of his uh debts here in town oh yeah. it's amazing like and now this year we're getting it's not again not as good as that shark no. series but i mean leonard saying i get to the rink two hours early to scroll through twitter is amazing they absolutely incredible. and jared had it had hit on the head yesterday we all buried the lead on that when he said i took my own bus it's, like, yes. This guy's got his own bus. Like, it was like, it was very like he said that, but then he went on to say, you know, bleep you guy, thanks very much. And the whole time I'm thinking, they got this guy his own bus. <laughs> I, I just hope that it's decorated like his helmet. Yeah, like exactly. there's just pandas airbrushed. A bunch on. of pandas on the side of the bus, like airbrushed on, and so you knew who was coming. Like he, like. Can I go? No, it's my bus. Like Stone, can I go for early? No, it's my bus. And he goes four hours early, and then he takes two hours to read Twitter? That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. It's it's well, amazing. I'm surprised. The biggest thing that I was surprised about that is the fact that Tyler didn't take a victory lap. Like, I was the reason that Robin <laughs> Leonard played so well. But I didn't well. tweet anything bad. Yeah, that's also, yeah. that's that. that is the problem. Like, that, like I didn't tweet I Robin don't Leonard sucks because blank had who, i done that i would have taken a victory I, lap i don't know if anyone in the media that i respect actually did no that's why and i got a couple emails in this which i'm sorry i i look i don't know who he was listening i don't know what his two hours were from but it certainly wasn't all media because most media just said he's starting i mean I, I didn't see a lot of media who went after him but when he said you guys if it, it was inferred that that meant the media I have to believe he also meant fans. I think he I, I, mainly meant fans. I think you can also... Like, I don't know what he was talking about. It's like, you guys. I'm like, I didn't see many media going after you. We just said you're starting the game. Like, if you're Robin Leonard and you're listening to this show or whatever, yeah. and somebody says, well, I wouldn't go away from Flurry or whatever, that's not a shot at Leonard. But if you're no. Leonard, you can view it sure. as well. Like, you can sure. take that. Oh, as, my God. You can. absolutely. Listen, if he's scrolling through Twitter two hours, I don't think it's that big of a stretch to, hey, I wouldn't go what? away from Flurry as him taking that as a shot, too. It, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of, I don't think anyone from the Review Journal said anything negative. I don't think Tyler said. No, like, I think Tyler, said Tyler's been going, from, from my knowledge, Tyler's like, He's one of the best goalies. Yeah. Like over the past five years, he was great. With I'll only speak on Review Journal people, and, I, and the most they went to is he's starting. He's first off the ice, and then <laughs> I do think there were some tweets about like you do like compare stats. I mean, just basic facts, not like we don't think he should start out. But here's Flurry. Here's Leonard. The last. I mean, just getting stats out there. I think most of the kind of the anger and bitterness, as usual in this situation, would be fans. And again, like I said the other day, I actually think it's more the love of Flurry. Like, I don't think it's like, look, people always say, oh, you gave up seven goals. But I actually think if you really were honest and fans were honest, it's more like they love Flurry to such a, I'll say this, such a weird kind of level. 
It's almost more that than they don't like Leonard. I don't think yeah. that's a case. I think it is, too. I that mean, they just love flurry to weird levels. And it, it manifests itself in yes. a different way. Um, so you you wrote about the officials yesterday. Have you seen one of the officials for tonight's game? They've changed the officials, not the same uh, from three and four. I saw Dave might have tweeted that. Eric Furlat is going to be an official tonight. If you remember that name, he is one of the two officials that gave Cody Eakin, Cody Eakin. the five-minute major in game seven against the Sharks. We need to bring back Eakin. <laughs> no, you don't need to bring back Eakin. <laughs> no. That's why they lost. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know, like, he's coming back, and I wrote this today. I'm not going to ever pretend to know why guys are chosen or not, and the reason they gave was exactly the exact reason I knew they would give. Two of the guys, including the one guy that everyone seems, Chris Lee, I think his name is that Montreal fans just completely hate, the guy who actually stood two feet away from McNabb when he punched Suzuki in the face and said, play on. Uh, the <laughs> fact that they go back-to-back, -back, even if they're the best officials and they don't make any mistakes, back-to-back -back with the same guys, I think that's bizarre. Yeah, it is pretty bizarre. I think that, and it was like, well, they're the best officials. Well, then you know what? Get some of your better, other better officials. I, I don't get that at all. Like, they could be the best officials in the world. I would take them out the next game. Yeah, I mean, every it's weird. Every sport rotates. Them, yes, right? they rotate officials. Like baseball for the World Series has the same set of umpires, but well, they I think rotate. series have the same crew. Yeah, but they but rotate, they rotate where they on the floor exactly. and everything. Yes, exactly. But I think like NBA, they change out the officials yes. every game. Yeah, so it's. They I said I was, they said COVID, but you put more officials in the bubble. Exactly. Like you said yeah, yesterday. put more people in there. Then. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see, but. Oh uh, yeah, so Eric Furlat will be the official tonight. One of the two officials. So you well, went from I know who's going to like that. Pete DeBoer winking at him. Hey, you gave me one there in San Jose. Oh, that's friend. a good point. I mean, Pete DeBoer's inside. I got no problem. I got no problem with that guy. He advanced us in the series. That's a good point. Yeah, he gave he's going to love call. it. Heard the Golden Knights, but gave DeBoer the call. Yes. So maybe he's going to help out. The Alex, Golden Knights even why are you more. shaking this guy's hand? Well, don't you remember? On the, I was on the <laughs> other bed. I mean, this guy helped us out a lot. Okay. Oh uh, wait, did you guys see the thing where Pierre Maguire said? Unless there was a real bad hydration problem, they I think they have to go back to Robin Litter. Hydration problem. What is what is with hockey people and hydration? Only hydration guy I know is Barry Trotz because, like I told you during that Stanley Cup final, which was very strange, he began ended at every press conference with guys. Did you hydrate? And I'm like looking at the side. I'm like, I guess I should drink more water with this guy. But like Pierre McGuire just out here like, what's hydration have to do with Robin? I don't Litter? know. Like, I mean, I'm sure you sweat a lot when you play goalie, but has he that had a problem in the past with like, oh, yes, he passed he out from non-water start? The, no. That seems like that. A, it seems like a very strange thing for <laughs> Pierre Maguire to bring up. Unless there's a real bad <laughs> hydration problem. Unless he fainted as soon I as mean, he got to the locker look, room. Unless he pulled up Matthew Delavadova in the finals I mean, and he used all his electrolytes. We've got an issue with water in the state. Maybe he doesn't think there's enough of it. Like, oh, you know, look at Lake Mead. I mean, they don't got enough water. They were for these in Montreal, guys. though. It should have been fine. <laughs> all these, all these. Yeah, kids. I don't. Does Montreal have the problems we do with water? Probably not. They've got like a million lakes. So obviously they got more water than us. I, I have I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I knew the Barry Trotz one with the hydration, but why Pierre Maguire no, is saying that like, about Robin Leonard, I have no idea. Is there just something about, like, Canadian people in the desert where they're just like, <laughs> yeah. we better be drinking they're some water? They're scared to death there's no water left? Uh, who do you think starts? I think I know nothing, so I'll say Leonard and it'll be Fleury, but I'll say Leonard. I think Marc-Andre Fleury starts okay. tonight. I, again, I don't have no idea. When's the optional? That's the other thing. It is an optional skate. The only guy in the ice might this morning might be Logan Thompson, and then no one will know. 
I think Ryan Reeves is not a healthy scratch. Oh, that's your your, your call is he's back. Okay. I think he plays less than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I, I think Reeves is is out for sure because the game before, he only played six minutes, and DeBoer was like, oh, I probably shouldn't put him in the lineup if I'm not going to play him. Right. But six Yeah, minutes. to put him out there and then say, I'm only playing him five. That would like, be Patrick, no, Patrick Browns, you're going to get more minutes okay, out of Okay, but we know they're not going to call anything. He's so only going to play five minutes. He can't take that many penalties. Could no, you have but two they're guys... not going to call any penalties. Get him out there. Yeah, to just could you have two guys take up the space of one and say, Reeves, you're five minutes to kill people and glass your five minutes for any power plays we get and just have like split time. Like they don't they, have a fourth line. Have a four, have yeah, don't have a fourth line. Just these guys are specific. <laughs> like they're like the sixth inning uh, reliever. You're the specialist now. You're the specialist. So, so you need. I just want Ryan Reeves to drop kick somebody. <laughs> yes. You've done your job. Your specialist to Reeves to beat somebody up, yes. Cody Glassley on the power play, and somebody to be the face-off guy to beat this Philip Deneau guy. Who right. Just yeah, how, lose a how about this Philip Deneau guy winning Bring every, back every Eakin. draw? He can suck to face-off. I think what that's are you why, talking about? He hurt that one guy. I think that's why uh, Crazy McPhee went nuts in the thing because Philip Deneau won his like, 14th straight like, draw. I was like, can anyone win a draw against this guy? And then Kelly just kind of shaking his head, oh, we can't beat, we can't beat Philip Deneau. All right. Oh. We've got to take a break. <laughs> We got tickets to give away. Do you want to go see Brad Paisley? Well, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We will take caller number six to go see Brad Paisley at Win Las Vegas on Saturday, June 26th. You'll get a pair of tickets. 702-364-1100 is the number. Caller number six, 702-364-1100. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. This is the start of the second of three trips L.A. will make to downtown San Diego. 1-2, hammered, absolutely crushed. Deep to left, Ricks going back, looking up, gonna go. Three-run homer, Manny Machado. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Congratulations to Reed. You won a pair of tickets to go see Brad Paisley on June 26th. Uh, Ed thwarted Jared there because Jared tried to play a clip of Manny Machado hitting a home run, and Ed did not have his headphones on. To hear well, it. Uh, look, I'm, I'm worried Manny's getting hot. His, his like, slugging percentage of the last three weeks is stupid good, so we don't need that happening. I told you last night, his 4-0, he hit the home run. I think I went and watched something else. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not it's not, it's not not the night. Dodgers yeah, definitely that's why I played back. it. I played it so that you would be like, all right, well, I guess we're leaving soon. Julio Rios is being a bum right now. Not cheating anymore. He is a bum. Um, I have a story for you. So, Sunday, Father's Day. Right. Yep. went over, took my dad out for breakfast. And what he wanted for Father's Day was for me to teach him how to buy cryptocurrency. Okay. Oh, good God. So we went to breakfast, come back, and I help him set up an account so he can buy some cryptocurrency. And it went fine. He bought some cryptocurrency. All good. Other than the fact that I think both the things he bought are way down today. But all well. But the funniest thing he did and like the most like old dad thing he did was after buying cryptocurrency, he goes and gets his checkbook and writes it down in his checkbook because he still, by hand in his checkbook, balances his checking account. <sighs> Good for him. I haven't had a checkbook in 20 years. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, everything. I haven't had, well, mostly because of the wife. I don't even have cash. The card. I don't uh, even do have you walk cash. around with cash? 
I yes. have some in my wallet. You do? I don't use it. Uh, no. Do you? I don't. I literally I, walk around without a debit or credit card on me. I only So you only use, have cash? Yes. Do I seem responsible to you? <laughs> like, if I have to actively go to an ATM, get out the amount of money I need, that is, that is like, the perfect amount of, how much money do I actually need? Well, I mean, look, God love your father, and I'm glad he's still uh, still is solid with the checkbook. You could have been, your dad could have been me. You, you did a nice thing for your dad. Uh, the daughter made a video for me, the card, uh, some sweet stuff. She did a million things for me. The son, one, he forgets it's Father's Day. So his mother goes, <laughs> you get to the store right now, and you buy dessert for tonight. And the wife, wife and I love this certain cake from Smith's. It's like a caramel cake. It's really weird, but it's a great cake. He goes down there. And he FaceTimes. And I'm, I'm watching the FaceTime. He goes, I don't think they have one that. She goes, I know they have it. It's their most expensive one. She, he goes, what about this? He scans the FaceTime to Red Velvet, knowing it, knowing I hate – well, he probably doesn't know I hate Red Velvet. He wouldn't know that. And the first thing I see is the big sticker, reduced, $195. <laughs> and she's like, you better not come home without – the kid wanted to spend $1.95 for the dad on, on Father's Day. And it was that – you know those big orange signs on the cake that says yeah. reduced? That's the first thing we saw from that kid. Uh, it was two days old. Oh, if, probably a lot older. And she starts screaming, Tristan, you do not come home home with that all right <laughs> I, I i now i have so many questions because one of my favorite things at smith's is the meat bucket like they have this one section yes. next to the ham they just sort of like <laughs> dump all the reduced meat and i love to dig through it just be like that isn't gray <laughs> oh man you would make a great son for Ed Graney. Yeah, no, apparently. You'd buy him great oh, presents yeah, on Father's Reduced day. meat and, and, and reduced cakes. And then he came home with, he went middle ground. Like, he didn't go top of the line, but he didn't go reduce. He came home with middle ground, and I'm like, all right, thanks. Where's the card? What? what? <laughs> Was it a good cake? It's a good cake. Okay. But, again, speaking of old dad guys, I don't want to make fun of this person. Have you? I, this happened to me yesterday. I went to uh, Einstein's. I'm third in line. And this guy up front, older gentleman, he just he's waiting, he's doing something on his phone. I'm like, and it's I'm telling you, it is taking forever here. And I just just a suggestion out there. If you're going to download an app for like two, two cents off, can you please step out of line and do it to the <laughs> I'm not kidding. He took 15 minutes to download the app. And they only had one register. And the lady kept looking at us like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, will you move him out of the way? He took him forever to download this app. I think he got like 10 cents off. It was just like if you're—I don't even care how old you are. If you're downloading an app in line, you got to move out of line, Isn't right? It hooked up to a phone number too. Couldn't he give him a phone number? I have an Einstein. I didn't. Account do, too. I don't have the app. Oh. I don't know that. I just know it took him forever. And if that is me, though, no matter what age you are, I move out of line. I do. I don't sit there and download it when I'm looking back and there's literally like ten people in line. Do you? <laughs> I've never had that problem because it wouldn't yeah. take me ten minutes to download. Well, that's the, app. the other thing. You download it in two seconds. This gentleman. <laughs> Took a really long time. Like, I literally told my wife, I go, yeah, I'm, I'm just let the gym. I'm coming right home. I'm stop for a second. Like, an hour later, she goes, where the hell you been? I'm like, well, this guy at Einstein's was downloading an app. It took him, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> was the guy, like, 70 yes. or, like, 40? No, he, no, he was in his, he was, okay. he was 60 to 70. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I in a weird sort of way, like, he deserved credit for knowing there were apps. And in the bad sort of way, it's like, dude, you've got to move to the side and do this. But he was, I think he was so afraid he wouldn't get the 25 cents off if he didn't download it right in front of her. 
that he, he just kept going. Hey. But it was a phone because he put the phone on a beep. Like when yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you scanned okay, your phone. Okay, he did that. Yeah. An hour later, he was yeah. scanning something. No, Einstein. I got a free uh, free uh, sandwich from Einstein's because it's my birthday. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Yeah. You yeah. and Pete Maravich. Yeah, Pete Maravich. You Pete, Pete Maravich can go today and Tyler's scan his phone for a free, free <laughs> Listen, I, uh, Listen, I don't, I don't know who's going to start in goalie, but if Pete Maravich is scanning his phone today, it's a bigger story. We're leading with that tomorrow instead of EGK. <laughs> Pete Maravich. <back laughs> Pete Maravich and Einstein. And goes to Einstein's. <laughs> uh, it's free sandwich. I had to get out. I had to scan the phone. It was great. <laughs>